Welcome to the Imposter Syndrome Terminator podcast. My name is Ines Padar, and I'm a spiritual mindset and business coach. The goal of this podcast is to help you use the full power of your subconscious mind to ditch imposter syndrome, raise your vibration, unlock the doors to abundance, and grow a low stress and high income business. So let's get started. Hi, everybody, and welcome to a new episode of the Imposter Syndrome Terminator podcast. Today, we'll be talking about visibility and more specifically fears around visibility, online visibility, or putting yourself out there in general, whether it's, you know, live in front of people at events, um, speaking events, or any type of situation where you have to talk about yourself or what you do, uh, your services or your business, and also, you know, other stuff. Now, I'll be talking about another story. We did story time last episode too. Uh, another story about visibility that I think a lot of you will appreciate as a lot of people in this community listening to the podcast are very open-minded to alternative stuff and how one experience and one hypnosis session completely changed the visibility game for me. So hopefully it will be um, helpful for you. Now, there are mainly three reasons why we have visibility fears or experience some sort of, you know, anxiety or unease when it comes to posting content or putting ourselves out there uh, or making ourselves visible. And that also goes uh, around, you know, being hired in a position where you'll have to be visible or you will have responsibilities that... Um, imply that you have to speak with people, etc., etc. So one of the main reasons, reasons number one, I'm going to talk about three things today. So number one is that the problem is not so much visibility but imposter syndrome. Number two, it's that visibility is very unfamiliar and it's just a matter of practice. And the third reason, which is most likely to be the case, is it's a deeper fear that comes from either childhood events where visibility was not safe or inherited stuff, or past lives, and that's where I will give you an example from my own life. So let's talk about the first one, real problem not being so much visibility as it is imposter syndrome, because when we feel that we are not good enough, or that we're not qualified enough, that we don't know enough, that we lack certifications, that we are a fraud, that we are the dumbest person on in the room, all of these things uh, in relation with imposter syndrome, it is actually not so easy to go out there and speak our mind because one of the underlying thoughts is going to be, well, everybody already knows this, so why are you even bothering making a video or posting content about this? Or we're going to doubt the quality of the content, feeling like it's not, you know, rocket science enough or that we are stating the obvious or that people might dislike the content. Uh, and that also stems, you know, from one way or another, from imposter syndrome and not being quite sure about the value we put out there rather than it being a visibility problem. Um, this happens pretty often when we have changed paths or careers. So let's imagine that, random example, you used to work, you know, 
in an office with administrative tasks or finance or accounting or anything really, it doesn't matter. And then you decide to fulfill your passion, go after your dreams, start a business in a field that is completely unrelated. And if you hear a background noise, that's my cat drinking. (laughs) She has made an appearance. So if you have started or opened a business in a field that is unrelated to what you used to do, that can be a huge trigger for imposter syndrome and doubting or voice or doubting that we have something to put out there because implicitly we will be feeling like we haven't been in the game long enough, that we don't have that much experience, or that there are so many more experts out there that know better, know more, have more skills, have more knowledge and education on the topic, blah, 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 blah. It could also stem from lack of academic diplomas or like an academic journey in general. This is something that really breaks my heart, but that I've heard again and again and again with either clients or old colleagues or friends who, you know, didn't go to university or didn't go to high school and they somehow feel less smart than people who have had this academic journey, which is absolutely not true and there is no correlation between the level of your brains, your intelligence and your ability to to help people and your academic journey. Quite the opposite, usually. In many, many universities, in all four universities that I have gone to, they basically value your ability to memorize a bunch of stuff, which is completely obsolete and stupid in the world we live in, where critical thinking will and emotional intelligence will bring you much further than just, you know, the capacity to memorize uh, a lot of information. And I had this amazing colleague when I worked at when I had an internship at the bank and I remember she had massive imposter syndrome. She used to look up to me so much because I had gone to university and it really made me so sad because she knew how to do everything when it came to her clients. It was ultra high net worth wealth management. So we invested money from super rich clients, super wealthy clients and she knew everything. She had been there for a long time. She was extremely qualified. Clients loved her, colleagues loved her, everyone loved her. And she was, she got the job done. And when there was a problem, she was there to solve it. Versus me, who was freshly out of, you know, my bachelor's degree, just started that internship. And compared to her, I knew nothing. And in many, many jobs or businesses, you just learn by doing. And that was the same in that bank. There were so many things and systems that were very specific to the bank that I had never learned about at university that I just could not do and that I had to learn, you know, as weeks went by. Yet she still felt that I, because I had a bachelor's degree, was smarter or more qualified to understand some of the issues we had with our clients than her, which was absolutely freaking not the case. So keep that in mind. I know it is pretty present that sometimes when we don't have a university diploma or a high school diploma or outward qualifications, academic qualifications or certifications, it is easy for imposter syndrome to flare up, making us feel that we don't know enough, that we are underqualified, that we are not as smart as other people, not as competent, and that is absolutely not true. So that was like a long parenthesis to say that very often... Fear of visibility is actually not so much fear of visibility as it is fear of the quality of the content we're going to put out there or an underlying fear that we don't know enough or that we are a fraud or that people are going to think, oh God, she used to be in accounting. 
why is she talking about the subconscious mind who who does she think she is blah 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 so if you feel that you've been having visibility fears and all of your visibility work hasn't really brought you anywhere you might want to investigate uh, if it's actually more of an imposter syndrome thing now the second aspect that can hold us back when it comes to visibility is just the fact that it is unfamiliar. So remember, everyone listening, that anything that is unfamiliar or that we've never really done before, anything we haven't done before is going to be, you know, a bit scary, a bit anxiety-inducing or very unknown. And the human brain is not wired to like what is unknown. And we can sometimes mistake just the fact that visibility is unfamiliar with fear or anxiety when really it's just a matter of getting used to it. So the the example I like to give to my clients is who has ever felt comfortable on the first day of school? Like going on your first day of school, especially if it's a new class, a new school, if we don't really know anyone, we always have a bit of stress or anxiety or second thoughts of how it's going to go. And then we don't have a choice. We can't tell our parents or our caregivers like, hey, listen, I actually, you know, I'm just not that into it. I'm not going to go to that first day of school. We don't really have a choice. So we do it. And then we go to the second day and the third day. And then sure enough, the first week goes by, the second week goes by. And usually we adapt pretty fast and it all turns out to be okay. Unless, you know, unfortunate circumstances. And... Because we were forced to do it and we repeated that over and over again for a few days from Monday to Friday, it becomes the new normal, it becomes the new familiar and it's no longer an issue. And if we did have a choice and we did not have to go you know, to our first day of school, we would just put it off, procrastinate about it and then be convinced that we have a fear of the first day of school or fear of going to school when really it was just an unfamiliar thing. So if that is the case, it is just a matter of putting content out there knowing that nothing is ever perfect and the more content you create, the more videos you do, the easier it gets and the more you can repurpose down the line so you can basically recycle old content and it all becomes easier and easier. If I look at the very first posts that I put out there, like the cringe is real. I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> not what I have, not what I would have posted today for sure. But you know, that's just part of the learning curve. It's a very normal feeling. And just because it wasn't perfect back then and wasn't as good as it is today doesn't mean it didn't work. I still got clients at my very beginnings and that's how we all start. So it's just a matter of, you know, getting used to it. And if you are more anxious around videos, I highly recommend that you actually just pick a topic and record a video on your phone without posting it. Do that 20 or 30 days in a row and you will get used to it. You will become more comfortable when speaking. It will flow flow more naturally and then you can just post, you know, a video, take it from there, start from there and eventually it becomes a new habit. And third main reason why we have visibility fear, visibility fears or anxiety or not so great feelings around putting ourselves out there is very often stuff that stems from childhood or some event in our life or inherited, passed on by generations Sometimes it it's also has to do with epigenetics, which we will talk about in a second. 
So to give you an example about my own life, own situation, own visibility story that some of you might resonate with, pretty crazy story actually. So I started my online business in March of 2020, I th- maybe a tiny bit before my Instagram account was in March of 2020 and maybe I had done a few posts on my Facebook business account in February of 2020. So I would post content, I would do lives, I got over my fear, I would just, you know, go out there and do it anyways for the sake of doing it and because I knew it would work eventually. But I had this feeling, it was so frustrating, I remember getting so mad about this, that no one sees me. So I'm putting myself out there, I'm putting my content out there, but despite that, it's as if like social media or the higher power was plotting against me and not putting the content in front of people. And I would see these coaches around me, these content creators around me, and their posts were getting traction and likes and comments, and they were getting clients, and I wasn't, and I was so mad about it. And I just felt that I was invisible, that even though technically I was doing everything right, that I was putting content out there and doing, you know, what the marketing people tell you to do, that somehow it's as if it was invisible to other people. And I got mad about this. So the more mad I got, the more I had thoughts such as I'm invisible, no one finds my content, no one sees me, other people are luckier, I'm not lucky, it never works for me, it works for other people. Until I realized that I was literally turning this into a self-fulfilling prophecy, creating a reality that I did not want to create. And it was pretty obvious, right? Because my thoughts were so bad, but it didn't click for a few weeks that I was actually not making my situation any better by holding these thoughts. So eventually I decided I needed a hypnosis session on this and asked a friend of mine who also does rapid transformational therapy to, you know, give me a session. And I remember setting the intention with the universe, God, the angels, you know, the higher power, Um, and asking them, listen, I am ready to release this pattern, please give me any hints, any insights, you know, information that could help me overcome this pattern. So sure enough, a bit later, a few days later, maybe a week later, I do this, wait, no, I'm missing something. So between the moment when I set that intention, and I was like setting that intention during my meditations, And between the session I had with my friend, about one week went by, I think. And in the middle of that week, so before the hypnosis session, I stumbled across this Facebook post in one of the big, you know, entrepreneur groups, like female entrepreneurs, blah, blah, Facebook groups. There are so many out there. There was this woman who said that she was hosting this online event and was looking for speakers and that we had to send her a message telling her about what we do and what topic we'd like to speak on. So I did, randomly, and we had to go through like this Google form or application process, which I did, and then I kind of forgot about it. And a few days later, I have this hypnosis session, and prior to that, I had already done probably eight hypnosis sessions on various topics, mainly related to business, but not only, like on hair loss, money blocks, confidence and more money blocks because I wasn't making any money for the longest time. Um, So anyhow, we do this hypnosis session 
uh, asking my subconscious why I feel invisible, why part of me doesn't want my content to reach more people, or why I have this pattern or thought pattern where I feel that no one is finding me. And very interestingly, I don't remember the entire details of the entire session. Maybe a few scenes that I went back to were related to when I was a kid. I had, I used to be, to have a lot of ease at school. I would get good grades very easily without having to put too much effort into it. And I do remember that a few times it got me kind of like mean comments from other kids who called me a nerd or who called me like uncool and just all of these French terms that basically say that you are you know, the teacher's favorite, but you're not cool at all. So there ha there was kind of this association between being visible, quote-unquote, even though it's not really visibility, but kind of, or visibly having good grades in front of people with, like, negative feedback. But then the biggest chunk of the hypnosis session came when I went back to this past life. And prior to that... During the eight sessions, I had never gone back in a past life, but I had had clients or people I had worked with for free or for practice sessions that had gone back to past lives. And I'm really open-minded with these things. So even though back then I wasn't familiar with this at all, I just, you know, completely and firmly believe that whatever someone is experiencing, whether it's technically true or not, really doesn't matter at all. Uh, as long as it triggers an emotional reaction, it is valid and it is there to be released and cleared. And I do believe in, you know, quantum physics and infinite dimensions at one point if one point in time as there is no time in the quantum world, blah, blah. So I would go to this past live and my mind is like, am I making this up? Is this real? Am I inventing this? Where is this coming from? But that doesn't matter. And in that past life... The images came really, really slowly. It wasn't clear in the beginning. It took forever to get some sort of understanding of what was going on. And luckily my friend giving me the session was very patient and she knew what she was doing. And I, I can just see myself running in the forest. Running, running, running. And she asks me, what, what are you running away from? And I didn't really know, but I knew that I was running away from people didn't really know why, but I felt that I was in danger. And ultimately, what happened was that I was able to outsmart them, to hide somewhere, and they just kind of ran past where I was, couldn't find me, gave up, and left and returned to the village. So this was like a few hundred years ago. It wasn't in the modern world. It was more like when we all lived in small villages in the countryside kind of vibe. <laughs> and... I, I'm not sure, you know, why they were running after me, but what I do, what I did feel during that hypnosis session is that they were after me because I was weird, I was different, maybe I was doing something with plants and they, it didn't float their boat, kind of the cliche experience of, you know, the witch of the village getting burned and having to flee because the villagers couldn't understand it. So was it real? Was it not? Doesn't matter. That's how it felt in that hypnosis session. And basically what happened after that is that I was able to live happily ever af after, but hiding. So I was 
living my peaceful life somewhere, you know, in the woods or in the countryside, but alone, as I could obviously not be found by these people because they did not want me alive. And that was it, basically. So the feeling of anxiety when I was running was not, uh, you know, the main feeling of that memory or scene or past life. It was more so another feeling of knowing I would be safe as long as I kept to myself and as long as I was invisible and as long as I did my small life, you know, somewhere in a remote area where no one could find me. And then, you know, at the end of the session, we made sure that my subconscious mind understands that while that pattern was relevant and very important in another lifetime, I did not need to flee anything and run through a forest in the year of 2020 when I had that session in the modern world living in Switzerland. And my subconscious mind understood that. So now is when the crazy stuff happens. So I get out of that session, kind of confused, still really wondering what happened. Did I live that life once? Did I make it up? Because it was kind of cliche, you know, the witch who has to leave the village because the villagers want to, you know, burn her because she has gifts. It's like super cliche. So did my mind invent part of it? I don't know. But what I do know is that those feelings were so powerful and raw and real in my body, in my energetic system, in my mind. And at the end of the day, limiting beliefs create feelings and feelings is what eventually uh, enable you or prevent you from manifesting what you want. It's how you feel about it and the limiting beliefs or beliefs in general you have about it. So once we had that session, it was really clear in my mind that while that pattern was relevant way back when, it was no longer relevant now. And literally a few days later, I got accepted as a speaker to that huge virtual event. I think we were 50 speakers, many of which were big deals. They had like anything between 2 to 10 or 15 or 20,000 followers on Instagram. Some of them had written best-selling books. And I was just like, you know, mini Ines. That's how I felt like just getting started in the online world. 200 followers on my Instagram account, no clients yet, but very confident in my skills of helping people with imposter syndrome. And I got that speaking opportunity literally a few days after that session when my subconscious mind understood that I did not need to hide, that I would not get killed, you know, if I was visible, that it was safe to be out there in this world. And then this led to that and that speaking event uh, helped me, you know, grow my email list by a bit and get me a few clients. And from that moment is when the tables turned is that even an expression? I think it's an English expression, but I'm not sure. Well, you know what I mean. It's when things started to turn, turn around positively for me, when my content reached more people and when I started getting more clients. So all of the visibility issue was basically thoughts and a pattern, an energetic pattern, subconscious pattern, deeply ingrained in my mind that used to say, you can't be visible, visibility is not, uh, being visible is not safe, people are after you, you need to hide, can't put yourself out there based on something that might or might not have existed in real life. And that is crazy, that is how the subconscious mind works. 
And this brings me back to the third main reason why we have visibility fears. It very often has to do with experiences in our childhood or in our life. And others, other examples I have seen repeatedly over and over again, you know, with clients is children who have grown up in violent or abusive households, either if it's your parents or your caregivers, and that can be emotional abuse or physical abuse, people screaming like parents or caregivers, screaming a lot or having tantrums, all of that is going to give the message to our mind that visibility is not safe, that it is better if we keep a very low profile, if we stay in our room, if we are not in the way of anyone when they get home. Or it can also be triggered if there was a lot of jealousy around you, if you, you know, used to have some talents or that people appreciated you for, you know, your personality, your character, some of your gifts and it attracted jealousy or people around you were very envious. If you lost friends because of that, again, your mind is going to get the message that it's better to keep a low profile, not to be in the limelight. Uh, not to be visible, not to put yourself out there as it associates that with some kind of hurt or perceives it as a danger to either your survival or your well-being. And this also ties with epigenetics. And there is this fascinating study that was conducted, I don't know when, I remember reading that either on a paper, academic paper, or in a book when I was reading more about epigenetics. And basically, they studied rats and they wanted to know if rats' behaviors could be altered by what their rat parents experienced, right? So not something that is per se changing in your DNA, but some of your genes being expressed differently or if it just could be inherited in some sort of way, whether that's energetically or in another way. They did this study where basically rats they would make them smell something very specific and the rats had a very negative association with that particular smell so i can't remember if they would like not feed them one or two meals like nothing life-threatening right but the rats understood that each time they smelled a particular smell that you know the people conducting the study would like put there that they would miss a meal or two so then they became fearful of that smell and then so they did that study for you know a period of time stopped the study and then the rats had babies and the babies were afraid of the smell even though the the people conducting the research had never done any of those experiments with the baby rats meaning that the baby rats inherited the fear of that particular smell from their parents, even though that is not like something in your DNA. It's not, yeah, I'm not going to get into biology because it's obviously not my zone of genius at all. It's not my lane, but it is not like an alteration of the DNA. It's either, as we said, inherited like energetically or like in the collective consciousness, or in something along those lines, or the gene expression, which is epigenetics, was altered because of a specific experience that the parent rats had that could affect their survival. So all of that to say, like small tangent to say that when your parents have had a specific experience, let's say that they were visible and visibility led to problems, led to threats, led to, you know, any sort of undesirable outcome, you can literally inherit that pattern 
even if you have never been confronted to such circumstances. So I think that that's super important to point out because sometimes we're like, yeah, well, nothing happened in my childhood or in my life. I don't have any like negative association I can remember with visibility. And sometimes we don't need that. It can be passed down from our parents or either or even more generations. So that was it for today. I wanted to talk about some of the deeper causes of visibility issues because it's very rarely just, you know, a surface thing where, oh, I don't know what to post, so now I'm afraid of visibility because what if I sound like an idiot? Because many people out there, marketers, brilliant people, tell us what to post and how to post. And when the fear is still there, despite the knowledge of, you know, intellectually knowing what we are supposed to do if the fear is still there it is very likely because it is something deeper something that affects us in a different way a different deeper way which can be caused by what we just discussed today as in point number one you don't have a visibility fear you have imposter syndrome and the voice in your head telling you you're not qualified enough or that your content sucks or that everybody already knows what you're about to say and that is an imposter syndrome issue more than it is a visibility issue second aspect is that visibility is simply unfamiliar and our brain hates anything that is unfamiliar so it's just about kind of sucking it up I don't really like that term but having the discipline to just start putting content out there and the more you do it the more you'll get used to it and the problem will solve itself and it doesn't necessarily have deeper roots and aspect number three main reason number three which is probably the most likely is that it is a deeper fear that stems either from childhood events from people being envious or jealous or any negative association with visibility whether that's you know our physical or mental well-being being threatened if we were to put ourselves out there a mean parent that said mean things when we used to sing as kids and they said oh you you sound so bad shut up and now we don't want to be visible anymore or if you have you know a mean teacher that says something not so nice during a presentation it can be so many things or inherited patterns from your parents or your family or even past life experiences uh, as I've just mentioned crazy stuff you know if you had told me two or three years ago that I would be talking about past lives I would be like the hell are you talking about (laughs) is that even real (laughs) but here we are and some of you or all of you know that I do a lot of EFT and that is a frequently asked question in EFT EFT stands for emotional freedom technique and with EFT Maybe I'll talk about EFT in a podcast episode because I'm talking about EFT as if everyone knows what it is, but maybe that's not the case. It's a method that uses your energy system to clear energetic disruptions that could be causing physical, uh, emotional and mental ailments. Works really well with fears because fears are stored, you know, in our system, in our subconscious, in our... has to do with our limbic brain. Limbic brain and EFT is a very, very powerful tool to ease those feelings and let go of fears that are, you know, not serving us and not protecting us at the end of the day. Um, But one of the protocols in EFT is, let's say I'm afraid of visibility, the protocol will be, well, think of your childhood of events related to visibility 
that trigger a negative emotional response today. So that's time the teacher screamed during the presentation and you feel like a failure. Because once we can heal and let go of negative emotions in a healthy way from specific events, usually the fear that bounces off that specific event goes away by itself. And some people say, well, I don't have any specific events. I can't remember of any time I had a problem with visibility or something happened. And the protocol in EFT when that happens is to say, well, just make something up. Can you just think of a hypothetical invented event uh, related to visibility that could now trigger an emotional response that that you could actually get upset about? Just invent anything. And usually people can come up with something. They can come up with some sort of event. Sometimes it's like daydreaming. Or like having this movie play in your mind that never happened. And if it's triggering an emotional response, it means that it is ready to be cleared and that there is something there, whether we understand it or not, that needs to be healed and released. So that was that for the visibility episode. Thank you so much for tuning in and I really hope that this was helpful. I will see you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's podcast. Now, if you want to experience the full power of your subconscious mind to manifest more abundance and more clients towards you while you sleep, I've got a gift for you. The Abundance Hypnosis Recording. It will help you let go of imposter syndrome and money blocks directly at the subconscious level and rewire your mind to energetically attract and manifest more abundance in clients. This recording has already helped thousands of women let go of deep-seated limiting beliefs and negative blueprints they didn't even know they had. And all you have to do is go to inaspadar.ch slash abundance recording in one word. And of course, all of this is in the show notes. So see you next time on the Imposter Syndrome Terminator podcast.